Thanks for tuning in to the Brentwood Academy podcast. Brentwood Academy is dedicated to nurturing and challenging each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. Through this podcast, it's our hope to provide an enjoyable experience, to hear interesting stories, listen to chapel talks, and discover profiles on members of the BA community. To learn more about Brentwood Academy, visit us online at brentwoodacademy.com. Enjoy today's episode. 64 years ago, the Korean War ended and the world rejoiced. 64 years ago, I was born. Modesty prevents me from telling you the world's reaction. There was, however, a third significant event that happened back in the 1950s. And that was that somebody invented a test. It was a personality test. And this person, who might have been very smart, gave it a very awkward name. This person called it the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. Now, this test is still around. It is the most popular test today in the field of mental health. You may have taken it. It's normally known as the MMPI for obvious reasons. There is a ton of questions and statements on that test for you to respond to. One of them is simply... I am an important person. And all you have to do is indicate, do you agree or not? Well, here's the interesting thing. Back in the 1950s, 12% of the people who took that test agreed that they were important. Only 12%. 88% no. Now, when I discovered that, I thought, as a child of the 50s, I get that. We hadn't done anything yet. We didn't deserve to proclaim that we were important. But then I thought about it. I said, wait a minute. This test was given first in the 50s, which meant the adults who were taking it were the people who had fought World War II. They were the people who had survived the Great Depression. And they were the ones who were saying, no, not important, not important. And I suspect that if you could have asked them, why didn't you say yes, they would have said this. Look. I'm no hero. I did what I had to do, you know, to fight the Nazis. But everybody did. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you give the same personality test for decades, researchers are able to use it to study how attitudes change over time. By the late 1980s, about 80% of the respondents said yes. I am an important person. So we go from 12% to 80% over 30 years. What happened? Did America suddenly produce great inventors all over the place doing important things? No. That's not the reason attitudes changed. The attitude changed because of something else that happened before you were born. In the late 1970s, there was a new movement that started that dominated the rest of the 20th century. And that movement is the self-concept movement. I was in college in the 70s. I remember a book that was very popular called I'm Okay, You're Okay. It was so popular that I remember a comedian making fun of it and said, did you hear about the sequel? I'm okay, but you're a pain in the neck. 
Maybe a more realistic book. I don't know. But this kind of thinking that said, we need to affirm people. We need to give positive reinforcement to people. This is what matters, you see. And so teachers were told to do this. And one of the things that happened as a result, teachers affirmed, people, teachers encouraged, and teachers gave higher grades. Back in the day, if you were an average student, your average was a C. Today, the average grade in American schools is a B. There's your grade inflation for you. That has changed. There was a math test given around the world, and it was a different kind of a math test because at the end of the test, there was a few questions about how you felt about how you did. Kids from Singapore won the math portion of the test. They were the best in the world. But curiously, they didn't think so because their answers to how well do you think you did were just mid-range. Only about 50-50 thought they did well. You'll never guess which country was very confident about how well they had done. <laughs> Hooray for their red, white, and blue. We thought we were great. Our math scores put us just about the middle of the pack. So we're average math students, but we don't think we are. We think we're wonderful, which tells you this that the self-esteem movement was much better at teaching self-esteem than teaching math. Now, this trend attracted the interest of a professor at San Diego State, a woman by the name of Jean Twenge, who did some follow-up research on what happened to cause so many Americans to have such high opinions of themselves. And about 10 years ago, she wrote a book called Generation Me, and what she said was this, that everybody born after 1970 has been indoctrinated with a self-esteem philosophy, all right? Um, and that people who are under 35 score particularly high on the narcissism scale. Now, if you remember the myth of narcissists, the fellow who fell in love with his own reflection in the water, and it killed him when he fell in. All right, well, Dr. Twain says this, that one of the characteristics of narcissism is an excessive and insatiable need for admiration. And notice the insatiable. It never stops. You always need to be affirmed more and more. Now, one of the books that I read this summer, so it didn't count in this morning's question, was a book by Jack Halpern called Fame Junkies. And he reports that he gave a survey about 15 years ago to over 600 middle school students. And one of the questions that was asked was they had five careers to choose from and which one would they like to have. And one choice was to be a Navy SEAL. Another one was to be a U.S. Senator. Another one was to be the president of a major corporation. Another was to be president of one of America's leading universities. And the last choice was to be the personal assistant to a movie star or a musician. Now, you see where this is going. All right. About 10% chose the Navy SEAL. Another 10 said being a senator would be great. Then we had about um, another about 14% or so wanted to be a corporate president. And then we had about 24 who wanted to lead a great university. But the rest, 43.4% wanted to be the personal assistant to a star. They wanted to be famous or at least to hang around famous people. But notice they didn't want to be famous for having done anything. 
for having to be accomplished anything. They just wanted to live the high life on the tales of someone else who had accomplished something. There was another question in that survey, and the question was this. If you could push a magic button that would change your life in one way, which of the following would you pick? You could be smarter. You could be bigger and stronger. You could become famous. You could become beautiful. Or you could choose, I'm doing fine. I don't need any improvements. Well, when they charted the scores, they discovered something fascinating. That kids who didn't watch a lot of TV, less than an hour a day, the only, only about 16% wanted to be famous. Kids who watched about five hours or more a day, all right, numbers shoot up. 29% of the boys said, yes, I want to be famous. 37% of the girls, over one out of three girls who watched a lot of TV said that was their goal. They wanted to be famous. Now, I think today, if you substitute watching any screens at all for watching TV, I think the results would be about the same. Now, if I told you that people today are more narcissistic than they used to be, you could make a case for that. But the evidence suggests there's also something else working here, and that is that people are also lonelier than they used to be. The number of people who describe themselves as lonely on these personality tests has quadrupled over the past years. So everyone has a high opinion of themselves, but they're very, very lonely at the same time. The facts bear this out. Back in the 50s, uh, women tend to marry around 20. Guys tend to be around 22. Now for men and women, the, marrying, the average marrying date has been pushed back about five years. When I was a kid, large families were common. I'm one of five children, seven people in my family. Today, the U.S. Census Bureau reports only 1.2% of American families you know, will have seven or more kids, or seven or more members of the family. Um, about um, one out of four households in America has one person living in it. One out of four American adults live alone. All right. So the question is, what's going on that's making us more insecure? right, and more self-centered at the same time. Well, it's at this point that I have to go to the obvious point, and that is wallpaper, 19th century wallpaper to be precise. In the 1800s, wallpaper was very popular, all right, particularly in Victorian homes. They made wallpaper back then using arsenic. They didn't know it was poisonous. People loved sleeping in bedrooms with wallpaper because there were no bed bugs. The bed bugs knew you didn't want to be in that room. It would kill you. But the people didn't. And so night after night, they went to sleep, breathing in poisonous fumes. Now, there are tons of examples throughout history of things in the physical environment hurting us, and we don't know it. What's in the water? What's in the air? All right. But I would submit to you that there are things in the culture that are also dangerous, and we don't know it, and we're breathing it in every day. We live in a culture that tells us that we are great, without having to earn it. All right, we are told to believe in ourselves, but we're lonelier than ever. Social media allows us to stay in touch, but research shows that the more time we spend online, the less sympathetic we become, the less able we are to be in touch with our feelings and other people's feelings. And the reason why turns out to be obvious. When you are talking with somebody, you can see their eyes. You can read the body language. You become more aware of what they're really thinking. 
But if most of your contact is online, you can't read their eyes. You can't see their body language. You can't hear their tone. All right? Um, I did a little research on this and discovered that, uh, that about 20, 25% of American teenagers get connected electronically within five minutes of waking up. 80% sleep with their phones. Most teenagers will text about 100 times a day. That's the national average. All right. There was another researcher who noticed this and said, what difference does this make? This fellow, a psychologist at Stanford, Dr. Clifford Nass, he did a study of young women. Young women who defined themselves as being very active online and those who weren't. And what he discovered, and this is a quote from Dr. Nass, is that the highly connected young women did not have a strong ability to identify the feelings of other people or to identify their own feelings. They felt less accepted by peers and did not have the same positive feelings from interacting with friends as those who use social media less frequently. It affects our ability to communicate and to understand. Now, just as it is dangerous to sleep in a room with arsenic wallpaper, so it is dangerous for, to allow ourselves to wallow in a world where we spend days counting our followers and the number of likes our latest post has attracted. We need to stop keeping score of our popularity and to stop sniffing the fumes of the age of narcissism. We need to get back to the basics. And I'm not talking about returning to the 1950s where there were no personal computers and there were no cell phones. I'm talking about returning to the 50s, the 50s AD. <laughs> and here's what I mean. In the 50s AD, the church was all of about 20 years old. All right, and it was exploding across the Roman Empire. Why? Because the first believers stuck to the basics. They loved God, and they loved each other. Face to face. No electronics. So go ye and do likewise. Spend time alone with God with no phone. Put it down. Turn it off. Love your friends and your family by spending time with them face-to-face, laughing, talking, playing, and praying face-to-face. Live in a real community, not an electronic one. And finally, don't worry about being important. Just be faithful and useful, and you'll do fine. All right, thank you.